for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Monday, January 16th, 2012, episode 17 of Attack of the Androids, brought to you by GroovyPost.com, your one-stop shop for all the great tech how-tos, reviews, news, all that good stuff. Joining me tonight, we got a bare-bones, skeletal uh, cast, if you will, Joey Kelly back. What's up, man? Hey, man, how we doing tonight? Oh, we're good. We got Ron White. Haven't been back for a while, but we got you back tonight. Good to have you. How's it going, Ron? Thank you. It's the first time I've ever been referred to as Barebone. <laughs> Big Bone, Barebone, Ron White, the man with the plan of the hour. Uh, back from CES, none of us went, but we've heard all Ooh. about the... The wonderful letdowns and overhyped <laughs> products year after year. Uh, I'd like to just, I don't want to spend too much time on it because every other tech podcast slash news site has covered it to death. But I saw one thing that really caught my eye, and I'm sure this is 80% gimmick, 20% useful functionality. But it was a, a tablet made by Toshiba that basically sat in a fish tank. Oh, now, yeah. I don't know if this is like the cat apps for uh, like my Transformer Prime. Me and my kitty cat were playing with uh, so, some apps. Maybe this is for fish. Maybe the fish have an aquarium screensaver so that it makes them feel like they are among other fish. But the, the real kicker of it is how, that, how it charges. And basically, they took the technology that you use with those charging pads where you basically you set your device on this pad and it charges it through uh through the the touch there this one charges via wireless which that is great i think that's where we need to get to it, when i can just walk into my house and my device automatically starts charging that's when you've really got something. Uh, yeah, when you don't automatically start tripping over every cable running around your exactly, desk. Exactly, exactly. those things. We're getting more away from having cables just like a rat's nest everywhere. And, You're getting and, more away from it. Mine's getting worse. Well, yeah, so, some of us perhaps are getting away from it. Some of us are getting worse. But I think it's technologies like this that are going to really turn us into a true wireless society. Okay, they yeah, have but I got something... one thing to say about putting an app in a fish tank. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> All right. You don't you don't like it? No, the foghorn? You think it's a gimmick? That's a big foghorn. That's what's going to happen. There's going to be all kinds of people fishing and they're going to snag a tablet. Hey, it'll probably increase fishing. Okay. Similar, similar. Uh, while we're on that topic, there's something. I, another thing I didn't see at CES because I wasn't there. But there's some sort of uh, a micro particle 
thing that you you coat the inside and outside of your uh, uh, electronic device with that makes it impervious to water, which is important because 46% of the uh, smartphones that come back for repair have been dropped in toilets. Right, right. Right. And so this, you know, if you want to get reach in the toilet and get your smartphone back out again, it will be working. And uh, I don't know how this does it. I would like to see uh, this demonstrated, and maybe we will for for a a groovy post. But it sounds like a very good thing if it's real. So this here, the one I'm talking about, uh, was shown off uh, basically, like I said, sitting in a fish tank. I saw a picture of that. Uh, yeah, the tablet PC enveloped in a waterproof case, and it was playing a video while it was underwater. Uh, and the way that it was able to charge while it was completely submersed is this new technology. Uh, and it says here, the waterproofing functionality is useful for anyone who likes using these handy electronic devices while in the bathtub or on the seaside. Or, like you said, sitting on the toilet. Which goes back to that one study we had that showed one in six mobile devices had bits of fecal matter on them. So <laughs> that, uh, that kind of... So you watching the live video right now, I'm actually holding up a, a candle on the nook for the 46% of our fellow electronic devices that have been brought back from toilets. Right, and we should mention we're, okay. we're testing right now our live show functionality and capability uh, there is a way to watch it right now if you'd like. You can go to Justin TV or justin.tv slash attack of the androids. That'll give you my camera and the chat room. And then if you go to justin.tv slash sandpeaver, S-A-N-D-P-V-R-R, or justin.tv slash the Ron White, you can open up each of their windows in, in its own window, ah. and you can see all three of us. But it's kind of a okay, pain. So you, you, I haven't done this before. You have to open up uh, uh, three well, tabs on your browser. You to... don't. You just leave yours as is. But Okay, I won't, I won't in, do this. Until our site launches, that'll be attackoftheandroids.com. You can go to attackoftheandroids.com slash live, and you'll be able to see all of us. But until that happens, this is how you got to do it. It's kind of janky, but we're testing it out, so... Okay, uh, and you can uh, you can also wait. call us live at four zero six two zero four four six eight seven. So okay, let me let me try something with this if I may. My my printer didn't print uh, like everything else. Now, but have you two? Uh, are you are you both seeing me at this moment, or can you? No, none none of us are watching each other right now. Not until oh, okay. we actually start using the site. This is basically a test run, so we can uh, show off our live capabilities to the boss man. And meanwhile, we're just being very uh, egocentric about it. Basically, basically. Watching ourselves, smiling at ourselves, and posing. Yep, (laughs) that's it. So this underwater charging is done using a magnetic charging system, which requires the tablet to be at least three inches away from the charging base. Though it needs not to be in contact with it, uh, it needs to be fairly close. Uh, this is done by a Japanese company. They've not given word whether it will soon be releasing a specialized waterproof tablet with the magnetic charging functionality, but it does kind of give us uh, a, a glimpse into what the future of this is going to be. I, I don't know. I think that's a great technology. If they can get it boosted to cover more than three inches, I think you'll really have something there. So, 
Nice, mm. nice job, Toshiba, for getting the award for most gimmicky looking booth <laughs> for those of us that weren't there uh, in, in first place. Uh, saw an interesting study here about texting while walking. Okay, now we know most people can barely chew gum and walk at the same time. Even fewer are able to drive a car and do anything else. Now, it's interesting, too, because I saw this in Seattle, which is why we didn't have a show last uh, last Thursday. I had to drive to Seattle for another podcast live show. Everybody there, like, I don't notice it here as much. Everybody there that's walking around is face down staring at a device of some sort. And we've had stories where a girl walked right off of a street and got hit by a car because she was looking at her iPhone and not at the road in front of her. I think this is going to get more and more prevalent, though, as time goes on. Uh, And people, we become so attached to these devices to even set it down for five minutes to walk across a a walk down the block. We can't, you know, and it's, I don't know, I... Something needs to change, and I don't. I don't want to say legislation is going to be the way to ac- accomplish this because we're over over legislated and regulated as is. But people need to have the common sense, you know, that you need to focus on what you're doing, and especially if what you're doing can affect what I'm doing. If you're not looking and you go through a red light and you hit me in your car because of a text message, to me, that that's no. <laughs> that is a massive... That should never happen. And uh, there, there's little current data about the number of people injured while texting. More than 1,000 pedestrians visited emergency rooms in 08 after they were injured while using a cell phone to talk or text. Uh, that doubled each year since 2006, according to a study that was done by Ohio State University. Uh, this guy, uh, he wanted to make a movie, basically, about this issue for years, and he got started after a discussion with his friend uh, on the proper, courteous way to text while walking. Now, Ron, if you had to guess, what would what's the proper, courteous way to text while walking? Uh, you get a dictation machine. Okay, so you're actually... you're just talking, and uh, then you're just like all these other, uh, you know, baboons that go around uh, talking to their their little uh, earpieces, so you can't really see they're they're not holding a cell phone up, so you just think they're talking. Right. And, uh, which I think is very good training for when they become old and destitute and become a homeless person and can't afford this phone. They still know how to to make their their jabbering look like you, they're actually doing something. So that's the best way. Just get get something that one of these things that like a, the, I hate to to say this on an Android show, but like Siri, sure, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, just have it blasphemy, have it, have it, have it dictate. I, th- I think that's good. And as far as the uh, accident rate, I think this is just just uh, you know more uh, uh, survival of the of the fittest. This is this is weeding out. Uh, the, the people for a, a new generation, the ones that can't uh, t- text and walk without running into a wall or in front of a bus, well, they're not going to make it to the next generation. We don't need their seed. Natural. Creating spawn for the next century. I agree. Natural selection, in essence. Natural selection, right. Sure. What do you think, Joey? 
yeah, ironically, and and this is definitely my crusty old man. No offense, Ron. Uh, persona coming <laughs> out. I, I I definitely agree. Um, I think the reason why you don't see that as much, Matt, uh, frankly, is that in the lower population centers, you tend to have people that know fewer people and you tend to interact with more of them in, in real space and uh, also, as opposed to – sorry? If you live in places like, like Matt does, people don't walk. I mean there are no sidewalks. You, everyone's 10 miles away from everyone else. You, you drive. You've been here well, before. <laughs> I, I, I live in Texas. Yeah, no. I, I, yeah, and I, and I live in Maine, which is uh, even worse than Montana in some spots um, and, and certainly different. I, I notice it when I go to the, to, to the higher population centers of the state. I notice – that people seem to be worse. There's more people walking around. There's more people that are definitely paying more attention to something other than what they're doing. Um, and, and I agree. And I think that it's, it's part being connected with more people because you have a physical presence in a higher population center. I think it's part uh, people just don't want to give up their devices. Even and for a minute, if it means life and death? The problem is, is what happens is it's a statistics game. The right, it's like car insurance. Well, it's one of those things where 999 people are going to cross a street. They can be texting and doing whatever they want, and they're going to be fine. But that one person is going to get nailed by a car because they're not paying attention. And so what people are thinking is, well, you know what? The odds are in my favor, so I don't consider it a risk. And because they don't consider it a risk, they also don't consider it a, a, a problem if they continue with a, be- with a bad behavior. And we so, see this with driving. We see this in all kinds of things. I mean, I, I, we see it with people on, on uh, sending an email or receiving an email from someone. As long as they know the sender, they're more than likely going to open that email because they think they know who it's coming from. It could right. be spam. It could be a virus. It could be a hijacked account. They don't know. But because they don't associate a risk of opening an email with a massive virus infection, they don't consider it. Well, we won't see this after... Oh, a few decades, and I'll tell you why. I this is I know this for a fact. When I was growing up, you youngsters, uh, dogs would chase cars all the time. You couldn't, you know, a car went down my street. Some dog was out there chasing him, barking, you know, like he's going to do something if he actually caught it. And I'm willing to bet you haven't seen a dog chase a car in the last decade. That's because all the dogs that would do that have gotten run over. Weeded out. Weeded out well, slowly but yeah. surely. And then those genes, that, that gene that f- is that expressed. That makes you to run it after that, a car. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it eventually, and this is a long time period we're talking about for a genetic evolution, but it will eventually get taken out. Yeah, well, it only took, you know, maybe 50 years to get rid of all the, the dogs with that gene in them. You know, probably take another maybe 100 years, but 100 years from now, People won't do this because all their ancestors would be dead. I also like to think, too, that we're going to eventually get to a point where our vehicles are more or less autonomous, and then we can sit there and do things like text and drive because we're not really oh, yeah. driving, you know. And we have the technology now. I think society as a whole isn't quite ready for that, you know, not I, I yet. Agree. And, and I agree, and I want to have a... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Those 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 things you stand on that uh, uh, 
take you from one place to another in a conversation. I can't think oh, of the word. Trans, uh, a teleporter? No. I don't know. Oh, that'd be cool. Segway. Too. Segway, yes. Segway. <laughs> segway. But, you know, one, you don't have to guide. You just, you know, you punch in on, on your on your Android phone. This is the location I want to go to. And the the uh, blue blue uh, Bluetooth in the, uh, in the Segway picks up that. And then you just read while it takes you someplace. So even while you're walking, you, you don't have to, to even keep your eyes open. Take a nap if you want to while right. you're going somewhere. It just, it just kind of does its thing, and it says, ding, you have yes. arrived. Is this your location, or did I just drop you <laughs> off a cliff? Yes. Sorry uh, if I dropped you off a cliff. We apologize. Yes, right. and uh, pretty soon uh, our genes are going to take over the world. After <laughs> yeah, we I know. Huh? Off cliff. <laughs> yeah. But no, oh, I, I think what will happen, um, I, and I think we're already seeing this a little bit, as technology becomes more and more mainstream, I, th- there are people that are, uh, I, I guess, anti-technology. I, you could call them a hipster if you wanted to, uh, but, th- but they're kind of flying the other direction. They're saying, you know what, I'm not going to do this. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on this. And they're revolting. And, and yeah, I, you I certainly are. And and I honestly think that 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 we're going to see a balance. We're going to see that that up to a certain number of people, yeah, there will be growth on a social network. There will be growth in technology. There will be growth in in, in the adoption of technology. But after that point, it's going to stop, and and people will lose, and people will gain. But overall, it's just going to be about the same number of people. And you're going to see societal norms change. You're going to see texting go from. I mean, it, it's already happened. That's what in, has in to happen. Lifetime. I think. Bef- I mean, before any legislation, you got to change the norms. I think. A well-received and well-structured norm will do so much more to curb people's behavior than legislation does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You use... Yeah. Yeah, you use the force of everybody saying, did you seriously just do that? Get get out of here. No, that's not... That's no... We, as a society, have come together and collectively said, no, that's all. Mm -hmm. So, pretty interesting, though. It'll be interesting to see where, like you said, you know, how long it takes for us to get into this modality and and how how big the the pushback will be. I'm I'm hoping not too much, because I I drive for a living, (laughs) and I mean, unless they they invent a robot that can not only drive, but then get out of the truck and deliver water to people, like, I'll be okay, you know, it's... I, I I don't know. It, it'll be interesting either way. So here is your water. Yeah, thank it's, you for it'll, being it'll a good customer. Oh, I'm sure it will. Not not in my life's lifetime, though. That's for sure. Well, the other thing would be that the cost of that piece of equipment would have to be less than the cost of having someone do the job. So exactly. you have not only the, I mean, the, the, the capability of having a robotic vehicle and then having a robotic delivery guy, that's out there now. No offense. Sure. But the sure. cost for it is in the millions to billions, and it's not worth it. I'm I much mean, more efficient, and I'm much better at it than a robot is right now. For now. For now. Now, who's to say I that for one? I welcome our robot overloads. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm yeah. still trying to figure out how to get my uh, Transformer Prime embedded in my body somewhere. I can't quite 
anyway, it, it'll be it'll be a nice uh, switch. So uh, we got some listener uh, email. I had a quick question. He says, uh, "Hey guys, how do you flash the ROM and load a new one or a custom ROM? Which episode can you answer this one in?" Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I need this question answered due to lack of interest tonight. Uh, I guess I'll just answer this real quick. It depends. It, it all depends on what device you have, on what carrier you have, if that bootloader is locked or unlocked. Uh, you can refer back to a couple of the earlier episodes where we touched on how to do this, uh, how to go about the whole SBF if you <clears throat> if you happen to brick your phone. But we'll say let's just take a default, like uh, you're, you're on a Droid X. So first you want to find your root app, which will be Z4 root, or another one depending on which kernel you have. And all of this plays a role in what you're going to use. If you're on uh, a Froyo kernel compared to a gingerbread kernel compared to the ice cream sandwich kernel, it's all going to be different so what you want to do i might jump in here matt just real quickly you have to understand that this is not for the light of heart this is not for your your casual geeks this is a hardcore change to your phone and that the potential to lock it up and spend several hours and or days (laughs) trying to fix it and in this, addition, you may void your warranty. You will. Uh, and <laughs> if you, you really, really don't want to attempt this unless you have fully done the research and read comments and such on these tools. Or know somebody like me or Joey that, you know, can can walk you through unbricking it. But this <laughs> that also is getting a lot easier as well. The barrier of entry to rooting and custom ROMing your device is lowering each each release, I feel like. And pretty soon, I mean, we're almost to the point where we have apps that will just do it for you. We're not we're not quite there with the automation of it and with the uh, the high probability success rate of it because uh, sure, sometimes you need to try this a few times before it goes through. But for the most part, a quick Google search, uh, XDA developer forums or Droid X forums, depending on what kind of phone you have, there will be tons of step-by-step tutorials, videos, walkthroughs, very very well done, done by the individuals that are actually creating these ROMs. So I would say first try that, do some reading. If you want to write back in with more uh, details, I need to know what device it is, I need to know what kernel it's running, uh, and I believe that's all. From there, we can pretty much tell you exactly how to do it. So, And you need to send him an extra model just like that so he could test it out first. Sure, if you want it tested, or hey, if you can go without yours for a couple weeks, send it to me. I'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. No problem. Now, also, you need to be. You also need to understand that there's a high probability of failure, and you will need to reroute it or do something else to. That's cover. the. That's uh, where the whole SBF comes in to play. Yeah, but, uh, and also uh, just to give our uh, myself uh, everyone a personal example, uh, our own Jeremy Lesniak, who uh, wrote a very nice tutorial on how to root uh, a Nook color and load it with Cyanogen Mod Seven. Um, Unfortunately, he wrote that in the, I think, late spring of 2011. By the time I got my Nook Color, it was in October of uh, 2011. And 
between the, that roughly six month period, they had released a software update that made his tutorial completely. Uh, well, not completely, but for the uh, most the specifics part. of it were pretty much useless. Yeah, the the software versions had changed, um, and the rooting process that he went through didn't work anymore. And you'll see uh, that a lot. Closed it off. You'll see that so, a lot. And and the the way you'll brick your phone is if you try to flash something. Like say you're running uh, gingerbread. If you try to flash a Froyo kernel based ROM on that, you will completely brick your phone. It has to be the same. So make sure you are aware of that. And uh, yeah, you can always hop on the site in the comments or just email, and uh, I, you know, one of us will be happy to help. So. Uh, check that out, and definitely thanks, of- thanks for the email. Uh, keep them coming. Show at attackoftheandroids.com. Speaking of little tablets, as I just were, uh, was, as I just were, as I just was. Anyway, a um, couple of interesting announcements uh, from the CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, the, let's see, where was it? The Samsung Galaxy Tab 7.7. Yeah. Uh, this is a the newest uh, announcement in the Samsung Galaxy Tab line. Uh, it's uh, going to run... Uh, it, it, they're billing it as the thinnest and lightest, uh, of course, compared until to the, the Galaxy 10.1. Until it's the next... Of, yeah, huh? until the next one comes out. Right, or until they come out with a 5-inch one, which would then be the smallest, lightest, and thinnest. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, it's, uh, it looks like a very, very decent tablet. Um, although, I got to admit, I was really excited about it until I found out that it's uh, running uh, not Ice Cream Sandwich, I don't think. Um, but it has TouchWiz on it, boo. which boo. yeah doesn't make me boo. get all fuzzy. Boo! But, boo! But what fear not, TouchWiz. Fear not. Fear not, my friends. There was another announcement from the CES show. Um, the Asus or Asus Mimo M E M O three seventy T. That's 370T as in Tango, is a 7-inch ice cream sandwich-powered tablet with a quad-core processor. Yes, quad-core. An 8-megapixel camera. And the rumored street price for this is going to be $249. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's yes. a uh, direct competitor to the Kindle Fire, I believe. That that's a direct that that hits the same price point as the Kindle. Uh, well, no, no, the Kindle Fire is one ninety nine. Um, that is, so it's it's fifty dollars higher than the Kindle Fire, uh, but it's a direct competitor to the Barnes and Noble Nook tablet that they released uh, just before Christmas. And that is at the two forty nine price point. It's a seven inch screen, uh, and this is a vanilla ice cream sandwich experience. This is not the Amazon trumped up version. This is not the uh, not a Google variant, Google branded. This is vanilla, straight up Android four ice cream sandwich tablet 
for two hundred and forty nine bucks. So what you're saying uh, is this ice cream sandwich is vanilla and not Neapolitan. Is that uh, what I'm understanding? What I'm saying is, is this doesn't have TouchWiz or Moto Blur or any of the other funky, weird stuff that funky. people have been stacking on top of these things. I mean, the, the whole reason why I rooted the Nook Color was that the, uh, the Nook Color from Barnes & Noble comes with a Barnes & Noble piece of software installed on top of Android right. that makes it, in my opinion, unusable uh, and drags it down, makes it very slow. And can this I- is just straight up. Uh, uh, Android's uh, ice cream sandwich with nothing else installed on top of it. Theoretically, you'd be able to root it. I don't know why you'd bother. Um, it's you, you pretty much straight up the way you'd want it as is. I don't think this is something that you'd need to load Cyanogen Mod on to get good performance out of it, uh, although you could. Um, they are saying that... I, I mean, t- to me, this this really is... Uh, a, a very hardy competitor because I believe the I know the the Kindle Fire is a dual core if I remember right and I'm pretty sure the Nook tablet is as well. Um, but this is the first quad core tablet that I've heard of in the seven inch form factor, and certainly it's the cheapest one I've come across. Now, can I just so tell I'm you we we see these tablets that come with these custom themes or skins or garbage, whatever you want to call them, TouchWiz, uh, SenseUI, Moto Blur, Asus and their Transformer Prime. Which, if you're watching um, Justin.tv/slash Attack of the Androids, the main cam where the audio's at, you'll see in my camera here. This is for the most part, I would say, this is ninety. 90 to 95% just pure Google ice cream sandwich. This is 4.03. That 10% that Asus put inside of this for their cloud uh, web drive, they have uh, a little notification option that gives you their overlay on it, some other stuff. It's that 10% that is causing this whole tablet to be super unstable. It's causing random reboots. It's causing lockups. It's causing just an overall migraine in my brain because I'm doing something and then it freezes and then I get this weird screen glitch where everything just goes... I don't even know how to explain it. It's so weird looking. If it does it again, I'll take a picture of it so you guys can see exactly what I'm talking about. But it's that 10% that's in here that Asus felt like, man, this is an improvement over what's stock, which it's all right if it worked. But if it comes down to me having to reboot this thing or power off and then restart every time something conflicts it's not worth having it and that's something i really feel like these carriers and these these manufacturers are not realizing they're pumping out this garbage over the top of something that didn't need to be touched anyway i mean you know until you get it because it's touchscreen but it's unnecessary and Best case scenario, you're causing random instability issues. That's unacceptable. That right there is making me want to send this back. Uh, But 
that's that's where I think Android's big problem is. It's not in this forking. It's not in these companies wanting to use it for their own. It's absolutely not. Who cares? Let them. Google's a search ad company. Come on. But when you when you try to better it and you put these overlays and these skins on the top of something that, you know, 4.0 is beautiful. It works brilliantly when it's not trying to wrestle away resources or what have you from this manufacturer slash carrier slash whatever, this useless stuff. And that right there is giving people a bad experience with Android. It has nothing to do with Google. It's all about what these companies are putting on it. And it's absolutely unnecessary. And please, for the love of God, stop it. Stop. Everyone should just send this back. Because you need to take your junk off of it so that it runs like a quad-core tablet should. And this is the best one, in my opinion, that they've come out with anybody as far as an Android tablet. And before the update, man, it worked perfectly. But then that update came out and Asus didn't test it completely or whatever. And now you have an an unstable device. And as we all know, that's no fun. I don't see them stopping, though. I really don't. And I don't understand, personally, what their motivation is. What is their gain? Do you know, Ron? Is there any reason for them to do that? Yes. Uh, They are made up of engineers. And engineers, by nature, cannot leave well enough alone. (laughs) They have to put their own mark on it. It's the same thing that uh, has the not-made-here syndrome going among engineers if it wasn't made there it's no good so it has to be have something on it at least part of it has to be made here it's it's you know they've been doing this for years you know uh and you know that's why you know somebody will come out with a a great feature someplace else and you keep wondering oh yeah why don't why don't they give it to me too i want it on my phone or my computer no wasn't made there we're not going to use it but you know what ron that maybe didn't matter so much back in the day when the most we had was a feature phone which was all designed by the carriers you know that was their operating Mm -hmm. systems but things have changed so much it's almost reminiscent of the music industry and the movie industries not changing their business model instead trying to sue the up-and-coming technology out of existence rather than change to something that's so much better than what you're using or trying to do you know i I know it's 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 a it's a part inertia it's part pride. It's part I'm not going to say uh, failing to admit we didn't have the best. And, and even if you're talking about one phone company making different phones for for all uh, uh, different uh, carriers, each one of those carriers is devoted to a certain section in right. the in the Samsung factory. Right. And this section isn't going to use something the other section made because it wasn't made in our section. It, it, they are very, very. I, I mean, I worked with engineers a long time. They're they're very territorial. Mm-hmm. They're very proud, and they will not, for the life of them, admit that you know anything they did was wrong. How many times have have you checked with uh, uh, help or support and everything? And the first thing they say is, 
Well, uh, have you have you checked the other software that's running on? Yeah, your system? it's not on our end. God yeah, forbid. It's not our software. It must be someone else's. We don't that, make mistakes. Yeah, that's 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 the way they are. This by nature. But is that I, worth having their whole line of what was supposed to be the best tablet to come out running Android a flop? Because that's I mean it's not a flop, but it's getting really close. They'll 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 come up with something a year from now. I mean. None of these have have more than a, a product lifetime of over a year anyway. Well, yeah, so, anymore. So they're already they're already uh, make uh, you know busily creating their flop for next year. They don't have time <laughs> to come and fix this one. And, I mean, in the end game, should my quad core tablet that runs fast, so fast, should that be outdated in a year? Like, more, I feel like Moore's law is going to slow down at some point once. We reach the singularity, or whatever you want to call it. You know, it would have to be at the at the singularity. There's a there's a piece I'm doing for a, a groovy uh, uh, post this week on the uh, how they how they've really now got to, down to where they can they can record a bit with twelve atoms, and uh, you know you, you don't bit? get much smaller than that. Yeah, a, a bit of data. Bit of data with twelve on, atoms. Wow, that's yeah, that's impressive. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's impressive. It, you know, it's a little. It's it, if you took a um, oh, say the the uh, the crate your refrigerator came in. Sure. Okay, and then if you you took an olive and cut that into about four pieces, and then took the pimento out of that fourth piece and put it in the bottom of your refrigerator, that pimento would carry as much data as that whole refrigerator would on this on the scale I'm talking about right now with a, a bit and 12, 12 atoms. That's the scale you're talking about. Yeah, that's that's amazing, definitely. Yeah, and what's amazing, all the people have just turned in and wondering how we're talking about saving data in pimentos and refrigerators. That's right. Welcome to Attack of the Androids. So uh, let's let's get back Talk to... Talk about your refrigerator. Right. And, and right. speaking of uh, companies just trying desperately to stay relevant, uh, Polaroid came out with uh, an interesting device. It's called a smart camera. <laughs> So, as we, opposed to a dumb camera, exactly. Yes. Your smartphones and your dumb phones. Uh, do you remember <laughs> Polaroid? Did, oh yeah, Ron. You yeah. oh Polaroid is still a very good name um, in, yeah. in a yeah. lot of people's minds, and I dare say that uh, they've actually got a, a line of decent Polaroid uh, HD TVs out there, and a line of. Uh, halfway decent digital cameras, um, as I recall. Uh, they're not and, setting the world on fire, but they're not bad. And they've come out with a Polaroid just came out with a a uh, camera that has a printer built into it, and that's handy. I mean that yes. that I I can it I could can be as about as handy as the old Polaroid was. I mean, for times you just had to have a hard copy of your picture uh, there, and this will probably go over with the. With the 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 girls in short skirts who go through restaurants taking pictures, oh sure, of sure. couples stuff like that. But uh, I think it's interesting that that, that Polaroid and here here you get it. it's it's a you know goes back to the engineers. They weren't going to admit that the idea of a Polaroid camera was dead. They came up with a new way to do it, and uh, 
I kind of give them credit for for being uh, persistent in that. Yeah, that is, that is true. I, I it almost seems like the whole point and shoot camera industry as a whole is being dissolved and and reabsorbed by our smartphones. I mean, the one thing I really mm-hmm. I love the Galaxy Nexus, and it's my main phone now, uh, other than the whole car dock fiasco, which we still don't have a three-pin car dock. Thank you, uh, <laughs> Samsung. But the camera, I, I, I went to this uh, podcast show in Seattle, like I was saying, uh, at the Neptune Theater. It's a show called uh, Yeah, Dude. It's uh, John Larroquette from Night Court and, you know, a ton of other things. Night Court's what I think of. His son and another gentleman by the name of Seth Romatelli, uh, they do this show. And I was using the Galaxy Nexus as my camera. I have a, a Sony CyberShot point-and-shoot that, that takes beautiful pictures. And this is right on par with that. And the way they did this with the Galaxy Nexus, how quickly it takes pictures. Oh, my goodness. It is phenomenal being able to – it's so nice not having to wait for your camera to load while it's either you're missing the moment or you're making the moment so awkward because everyone's yeah. just like, okay, take this stupid picture. We're smiling still, you know, that, that whole thing. It, it makes a lot of pictures that people take using these devices feel really, they have a, a weird forced kind of awkwardness to them because you know, they were sitting there waiting for a good 10 seconds for this joker to get his gaming gear you know and so i'm using this and every the just how fast and it's almost like a new way to be to to take pictures you know it's so refreshing to be able to do that and then also to have an hd video camera with you this i took video of the show and it was crystal clear the images, even mm. though we were in a dark theater, they were so well lit, it didn't even matter. And just the quality of these, it, it's blowing away th- all of these single-use devices. And, and the less devices we as a people need to carry around, I think the better that it is for everybody. And so there, this is the SC1630, the 1630 uh, Polaroid is banking on the viability of point-and-shoot cameras, even as we all know this this whole landscape is changing. Uh, they say people are using smartphones for casual photography and instant online uploads. Which, uh, if you guys are Google Plus users, you'll know that that was that's for me. That's a huge uh, point of the application is that as soon as I take a picture with my phone. It's up on the cloud, and now all I have to do is go through them and say this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Boom, they're done. Mm-hmm. That is so great, you know. Instead of having to take your memory stick and do that whole thing, like it's it's just a whole new way of documenting our lives. I feel like, and it's it. I like it. So then we have these. Uh, the, the gentleman he says the SC sixteen thirty superior specs are what set it apart from phone photography. Uh, the company, he says, we have a healthy business model, which is the exact opposite of where Kodak is today. Taking a little pot shock at Kodak. Uh, he says, yeah, Kodak, like they need it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Knock them off that high horse. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kodak has a long road to hoe. <laughs> Polaroids already made that transition and has evolved past being a film manufacturer. We've bridged into the digital space. Polaroid played up its new image by naming Lady Gaga 
speaking of a long road to hoe, uh, to a <laughs> creative can I say that? Oh, one? burn! Sorry, to a creative director position in early 2010. Speaking of burn, Lady Gaga's Kodak's new creative director. <laughs> wow. She's creative. That's not not bad. Yeah. It's got to be better than whoever was the last creative director. I mean, yeah, it's Polaroid. I'm sorry, not Kodak, but Polaroid has uh, named her. She was at CES 2011 to unveil three product line called Grey Label by the House of Gaga. That's what people (laughs) need. Uh, the, the basically, you guys saw this, the, the face swallowing sunglasses, the GL twenties that were basically, they would capture photos and videos like a regular camera, but then show what you just captured on the glasses. So other people saw them. I don't know. Seems like a a gimmick, like the fish tank, but what do I know? Uh, then photos could be sent to a printer via Bluetooth. Uh, the next two products felt more like traditional Polaroid uh, with little modern touches here and there. They had the GL10 Instant Mobile Printer, which printed 3x4 photos wirelessly from cell phones. Uh, and then the GL30, which was an instant camera with a retro design that harkened back to the Polaroid cameras of yesteryear. Mm. So this printer was on sale in June 2011 for 170 bucks. Now you can get it for 100 the instant camera never came out, and neither did the camera glasses. Which, I mean, CES is notorious for that, right? You see so many things that are like, oh, that's kind of cool, and then you never see it again. Uh, then, the, yeah, basically, they're they're still developing <laughs> the these items. So, I don't know. I... I can't see, unless it does something really spectacular, I can't see spending the money on just to have something that my phone already does just as well, if not better, than what this device is. So, I'm not sold. Uh, Ron, gimmick sold? Nah. 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 Joey? Nah. I think we're gonna see uh, point and shoot cameras be being given to kids as Christmas gifts, just to have <laughs> yeah. at it, you know. There you and go. I, and I think anybody oh, yeah. that's actually even quasi serious is gonna be going for a digital SLR. Um, and that, I, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, you can pick up a very, very nice digital SLR setup, with, usually with multiple lenses. You might have to go used. You might have to go refurbished. But you can you can you can do that for under eight hundred dollars. Right. It might not oh. be the top of the line model, but you can do it. I mean, I did it this summer. I bought a uh, a Nikon D three thousand refurb um, with one lens, and then got added a second lens, a sixteen gig SD card, second battery, and a remote control to uh, do uh, tripod photography for it. And I've got I think seven forty nine in it, shipping and everything included, and it was okay. all refurbished. I can top so, that. I can top oh, that. You can get. You said you may not, may not get the top of the line. You can not only get the top of the line. You can get the best camera being uh, produced today for between six and seven hundred dollars. That's without a lens, but uh, uh, it's, it's the. Uh, I know you're in suspense. It's the Sony A seven seven A seven seven. It is. It was uh, the uh, 
the camera of the year by uh, popular photography. It has got features no other camera has, and they're good features, not you know gimmicks. It's not that you know a little uh, clown pops out when it's time for people to smile. Oh, but that's it, huge uh, for people that have kids. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, that, that no, probably have that. But this yeah. is this, I cannot go into all the things it's got. They're very they're very technical. Some of them, but it, you know, you talked about having to wait. Uh, you know, do we shoot? Yeah, but this thing, you you could shoot a. Ten photographs in a row is faster than you know, like ten a second. The the focus is continually tracking on on things, so that if, even if something is moving toward you, uh, the focus it'll stay focused. That's on it. amazing. Uh, it it just it has uh, you know it has none of the no mirror that flips up, uh, which uh, you know takes time, makes sound, makes vibration. It it uses a system that lets light uh, through a semi transparent mirror. Uh, to get to get to the um, uh, get, get to the thing in the back that uh, the that's a technical term the thing in the back that absorbs light <laughs> the photos and uh, and then it has an OLEM uh, viewfinder there that is better than real uh, and wow this is just some of the <laughs> so the screen is better than it looks really when you're there I gotta it see is, this it is you can see more with it no you you, you can so that you you can actually see. The effects that uh, you know, if you're underexposed or overexposed, you'll actually see it there right away. And, That's amazing. Now, hold on a minute. Now, now, Ron, you did say the A as an Alpha Seven Seven. Yeah, A Seven. From what I'm okay. I'm, well, well, I gotta tell you, there's two used ones right now on Amazon uh, for seventeen hundred. Seventeen hundred. Yeah, this is like a this brand new ninety nine seventy five to be exact. Brand new. Uh, this camera is fourteen hundred dollars. Brand new. Brand new. Okay, that's with with the with the lens. Where I've been pricing them has been between seven eight hundred dollars with no lens. That's just the body. The SLT A seventy seven digital SLR is hands down the best video camera I've used in years, and it's a a fine still camera too. That's Jefferson Graham on Talking Tech over on USA Today. Everyone that has written something about this camera has said it is the most amazing camera. So it is. It is. I, I would like I one for had Christmas. Seven eight hundred dollars. I'd go get one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the problem, of course, being that when I'm talking about eight hundred dollars with uh, a nice setup, I'm talking about I've got a wide angle and I've got a uh, uh, well, actually, I've got two lenses well, that, Joey, that the, go the, all the way from from you know eighteen all the way to uh, two hundred millimeters. The problem so you're I have talking about is, a pretty good range. Um, yeah. Okay. The nice thing about this, though, you can go uh, buy some old. Uh, Minolta Konica Minolta lenses, and they work. Oh, because camera. it's using the uh, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, uh, it's using it the still mount. uses the uh, the Minolta mount, yeah. and it and unlike uh, uh, Canon and Nikon, which has their uh, shaky stabilization built into the lens, this is right. built into the camera itself. So you buy some old lens, and you still get the uh, the right. the lens stabilization. It's, it's a wonderful right, so camera. this week on Attack of the Photo Bugs. <laughs> I was yes. just going to say, my problem with this camera is that we're not a camera show. But I love yeah, I, I that know, camera. I know, but you got me started. No, I know. From, from, I, reading, I, from reading about it, I absolutely want one. So. Yeah. All right. Pol- well, anyway, back, tell you Polaroid. What, back on Androids. And we're actually going to – I'm going to pull an Eric uh, – uh, no, I'm sorry, not an Eric. I'm going to pull a Seth. I'm actually going to talk about an Android phone oh. on the Android podcast. Please, I know. please. It's a radical concept. Okay. I know. It's amazing. 
inexpensive, inexpensive LTE Android phone on AT&T. This is the Pantech Burst. Here is the buzzword. $49 Android phone with a two-year contract. And I'm going, okay, woo, that's exciting. It must be a piece of crap. Pantech. Well, guess what? No. Four-inch Super AMOLED display. 16 gigs onboard memory, expandable to 32 with an, I'm assuming with an SD card slot, yep. a dual yep. core processor, 1.2 gigahertz, 1080p high definition video playback, which of course on a four inch screen, that's so useful. But anyway, uh, five megapixel camera can capture video in up to 720p HD resolution and a, a back facing VGA camera for video chat. It's on the LG. It's on the. It's not on L, on um, on uh, 4G at, or excuse me. It's not on 3G at all. It's an LTE 4G phone, and that's a fifty dollar phone. Yep. It's amazing. Now fifty dollar phone. Pantech is also next on the list of uh, manufacturers OEMs that are going to pay Microsoft over Android patents. So it snatched that phone up while you can. Uh, if you didn't know, Pantech is South Korea's third largest handset manufacturer. Uh, they're currently in talks with Microsoft regarding the patent usage in its Android smartphones, uh, but the details have not yet been finalized, of course. Uh, Pantech no. will likely sign a royalty agreement with Microsoft that will involve paying 5 bucks per device, uh, which is a fee that other OEMs have been rumored to pay, like HTC, Samsung, LG. Uh, Microsoft's basically just going down the line and seeing, you know, 5 bucks a phone, that's, that's pretty good scratch when you're talking about millions and millions of devices. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, even if we're talking about okay, so fifty another five dollars on top of a fifty dollar phone, all oh, right, sure. so that's ten uh, percent increase. But you're still talking about fifty five bucks, even yeah, if yeah. that's passed on to the consumer, which I doubt it would be. It would probably be rolled into the uh, into the subsidy uh, oh, I'm cost. Sure. I'm sure. I'm uh, sure on the AT and T side of things. And now, to be fair, this does have a uh, uh, a customized build of Android. And it does have, uh, and it is Android 2.3, which is what, Froyo? Uh, 2.3? No, that's Gingerbread. Is, yeah, 2.2 is Froyo. Oh, right. Okay, so it's got Gingerbread. So it's an older version of Android. It does have an overlay on it. Um, it's not a pure vanilla f- a phone. But still, for 50 bucks, who cares? I mean... This is the kind of thing that will turn the smartphone world on its head. And I'll tell you another thing. That will be the death nail for the BlackBerry coffin. Oh, I'm when sure. When you start talking about a capable $50 smartphone. And now going back to you, you said that Gingerbread is an old version of Android. About 55% of devices are currently running that old version. So let's, let's keep that in mind. Uh, we have... 30.4% still running Froyo. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, and that, that goes back to the whole how custom is your skin and how well is it updated, you know, so. Um, but even, I mean, so, yeah, so obviously you, you get the economy. There's a lot of people out there running these devices. There's no question sure. of it. So it's it's not an inferior product. But it's definitely one of those phones that you you look at it and you go, this huh. should cost more. Yeah, yeah. You know, and how are I they doing think, it? How are they mm-hmm. doing it so cheap? Uh, well, I think what it is is that they're they're aggressively pricing it because they're the third player in a market. 
Sure. They're trying to get uh, they're trying to get a, a, the name out there. Um, I'm guessing that they've probably done a pretty good subsidy with AT and T because uh, that forty nine dollars is with a two year contract. Right. Um, but they're also trying to push the brand because they uh, will give you a burst for free if, if you bundle it with a Pantech Element tablet right, running right, Honeycomb. Right. Uh, at the same time, so. Now, the question is there, whoa, hold on a minute, you're giving away a $50 phone when you buy a tablet? Well, yeah, but they're also going to charge you for two separate data plans. So there's, they're going to make it up on the contract. Which is complete. Uh, can I? Oh, that's so oh, here we go. This Matt complete. Number two. I'm going to give you this much money every year, and you're going to give me shoddy service at best, and then tell me, oh, if you want to use that over here, though, we're going to need either a monthly fee for that, which is nothing because you're not you're not doing anything. I have apps that do it for free. Yeah, for free because that's the way it should be. I'm not going to pay you another whole fee just so I can take it and put it on this device. That's so stupid. I'm done. Time. That was time. Time. I got in under the buzzer. I'm just saying. That's that's this week's edition of Just Saying. Uh, that's that's the this week's edition of the Matt rant. Of Just uh, Saying. It's but no, BS. You're, you're, you're not wrong. That's no. the thing. Oh, I know. I know, oh, and 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 you're you're too right because everybody does that. I know, and it's so it's so annoying. Uh, if you didn't know, back to the the Microsoft patent thing, they're collecting fees from nearly seventy percent, seven zero percent of Android device makers. That's. I'll be curious to see when when Google gets these IBM patents, and once the uh, whole Google Motorola sale goes through. What kind of you know which way this is going to go? Because I they're going to get some really good patents from IBM, I think, and I think those could really uh, turn the tide on this whole everybody suing everybody BS. Uh, and as far as this Pantech device, uh, it looks as far as the specs, uh, they're saying that both the Element and the Burst are fully capable of being upgraded to Ice Cream Sandwich. Uh, that both upgrades are on the roadmap for Pantech and for AT&T, but no dates uh, have been given so far. Uh, they say this smartphone is meant to work with the mid to upper range of devices with its high quality build and value offer, and that this is a device that's made to beat up the mid-range. So, pretty uh, pretty interesting. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, before we get into our app picks, I wanted to mention that also... Motorola won uh, the first ITC ruling between them and Apple. Uh, if you guys didn't know, uh, Apple was suing, you know, like we said, a whole bunch of uh, different Android manufacturers, carriers, all sorts of stuff. Um, Motorola does not violate three Apple patents, as uh, Apple thought that it was. Uh, the final verdict is yet to come, but so far that's, that's what happened. Um, they said, we're pleased with today's, and this happened uh, last week, I believe, with uh, the outcome for Motorola Mobility. They've worked hard over the years to develop technology and build an industry-leading intellectual property portfolio, which Google will own shortly. 
Uh, we are proud to leverage this broad and deep portfolio to create differentiated innovations that enhance the user experience. You know, because Moto Blur just completely enhanced my my whole user experience. But anyway. somebody went to marketing school that wrote that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the other uh, interesting thing I found I wanted to share with everybody is this cool little thing called uh, I don't uh, what is it called Sesame. Basically, go to go to Google.com slash Sesame S E S A M E. Uh, this is basically a fun and more secure way to log into your Google account from a public terminal without having to enter your password into the PC. Instead, it uses your smartphone and a QR code. And I am a QR code junkie. I love QR codes. They're the coolest. I cannot even help myself if I see one somewhere. I will scan it just to see what it is. It's so stupid. When I was in Seattle, I saw one at this bar. I was like, oh, I gotta scan it. Can you turn the light on, please? But anyway, this uh, this method is similar. And basically, you're saying, like, well, why... Why would I need this? If you're at a library, do you have any clue how easy it is for someone to put a keylogger on all of those machines? Like, this this isn't super conspiracy crazy talk. Like, people do that. People have keyloggers on random public computers so that when somebody is like, oh, I better check my account balance at my bank. Every single keystroke that you push is going back to this person who now has every single keystroke you push. So to prevent that from happening for those of us that are highly security conscious, as you all should be, uh, we can use this now. It's kind of like how your your two-step login, your, if you're using two-factor authentication, which I hope all of you are, and if not, perhaps I'll, I'll write a... Uh, how to about how to set it up because it is really helpful um, that was introduced in February of 2011 this uh, the, the two-step authentication system requires you to enter your password as well as a unique short code that's generated by your smartphone or a trusted device which is your smartphone the new Google QR login uh, that it's now uh, you, you can find all sorts of info about it on Google Plus on Hacker News this is PC world I'm getting it from uh, it uses your smartphone as a kind of proxy for the desktop PC's browser. You'll be able to enter your Google account password into your smartphone, and then the PC will automatically log you into your Google account. Uh, it's a neat trick when traveling or relying on public computers. You can protect you from uh, a PC with keylogging software that records all of your keystrokes. Uh, in the test this gentleman did, he was able to log in using an iPhone and an Android device, and it's also supposed to work with Windows Phone 7. Uh, it's not clear when Google created the QR system, but um, <clears throat> we found people on Reddit talking about it back in December. Uh, so what you do, you get Google Goggles or Barcode Scanner or any other kind of, you know, s barcode scanner, basically, to uh, you get that on your smartphone. Uh, then you go to accounts.google.com slash sesame and that's a secure Google page displaying a QR code you open up the code reader on an uh, app on your smartphone you take a snapshot or let it scan it and then you will get a URL back allow the app to open the URL and you will arrive at a Google account login screen where you're prompted to enter your password 
Uh, the first time you use it, you might also have to enter your username. Uh, once that's done, you see a warning telling you not to proceed unless you scanned a login barcode at google.com, uh, you know, because you can spoof that kind of stuff. Uh, a few seconds later, the browser window on the PC should automatically redirect to your Google uh, Gmail inbox. So, pretty cool. This works over 3G and Wi-Fi. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you all. Pretty cool way to, to log in if you don't want to have to type stuff onto a potentially unsafe uh, computer. So, google.com slash sesame. Open sesame. Uh, all right, we got anything else before we get into some app picks? I noticed there's uh, going to be some quad-core Android devices coming out in February. The HTC Edge, the Samsung Galaxy S3, ooh, mm, quad-core phones. You think that's necessary? Or is that overkill for a phone? Ron? Mm, yes. Overkill? <laughs> yes. Overkill. Overkill. In, you I think, think phones need to go back to... Uh, to sharing rings, you know, I'm too long and one short. Uh, we all listen in on everybody else's uh, conversations at the same time. Right. I think they need to do something about the whole battery issue before you go into quad core. Yeah. Because quad core really will, will it'll just uh, suck up more juice. And honestly, I have quad core on my Transformer Prime, but because of that whole Asus bug... My dual-core Galaxy Nexus runs faster and better than my quad-core Transformer Prime. because uh, That's of a marketing how, checklist. Because the of the software. Core. Because of that Asus glitch that's making it unstable. But, Joey, is that just overkill? What do you think? I'm of a mixed opinion on the subject. I think that it's... Just because you have four cores doesn't mean you have to use them all. If you have proper throttling and you can reduce the number of active cores or the uh, frequency that those cores are running at, you can save on battery and still manage to have all uh, four cores there when you need it. Right, kind of like a scaling thing. I think some of the overclock apps for the Droid X did that. You could uh, specify how it was going to scale up and down your, your processor speed. Exactly. It's more efficient, power consumption-wise, to run one core at 100% right. than it is to run all four at 25 Right. Uh, is my understanding. Um, makes sense to me. I'm not an engineer. Yeah, so, but... I mean, it, it depends. There was one... Um, that we kind of that we went over. Uh, it, I think it was came out of CES. There was a a laptop that had a an Android based um second operating system. Oh yeah, yeah. It. For one, the, uh, yeah, Lenovo okay. unit, and it had a fifth core, essentially a Android based core with a quad core processor in it for the main processing done under Windows, and. That's kind of like the best of both worlds. You get your hyper energy efficiency and you still have your raw power available when you need it. That's the way to do it. All right. Uh, app picks. Joey, what do you got for us this week? This week, um, I'm, I've got another one I'm saving for next week, but this week, sure. uh, Clock Sync. Uh, spelled just like you'd think uh, Clock and Sync. One word. Uh, it's available both Amazon and, and uh, Android app stores. Um, 
it has one purpose and one purpose only, and the majority of you probably won't need it, but if you have a device that does not have uh, a cell phone connection, just a Wi-Fi device, this will help you keep your clock synchronized. You know what? <laughs> atomic clock and white sands. I'll tell you what. That's actually kind of useful, and I, I never would have realized it, but once I got my Droid X disconnected so I could get my Galaxy Nexus hooked up, the clock constantly gets like 12 hours out of sync. So it thinks it's AM when it's really PM. And so now I have my alarms going off at totally different. It's, it's very annoying. And that, yeah. that's a great idea. Thank you. And I think a lot of I don't think a lot of attention was was played on the internal clock syncing. I don't think so either. Because it was assumed that you would always have a, a link right. up. With, with another uh, another device uh, with a cell phone tower, um, in my case, the the rooted Nook color running Cyanogen mod, um, it just it, it would float. It, it wasn't yep. too bad. It would be off a minute or two. But the thing was, I was assuming every time the thing rebooted, it was resyncing with with a with a time server. I was and that's assuming that's not the case by default. I assumed so, it did that via Wi-Fi, but it doesn't. It yeah, won't. On no, it does not at all. Uh, so uh, this weird. particular uh, will will keep you synced, and it has options built into it. Uh, let me just open it up here real quick, and I'll tell you what they are. Um, let's see, it, it tells you when you just bring it up what the atomic time is right now, and what your system time is. It gives you the local offset, and it gives you the date. And um, some of the uh, options that you have are uh, what server to use. Uh, you can use the uh, – uh, there's various servers around the country, so you sure. get a more accurate uh, uh, report if you choose one that's near to you, so you have the option to do that. Um, you have automatic synchronization that you can turn on and off. Um, you have uh, the ability to select that only on one on Wi-Fi, which of course in my case that's the only option. Sure. Uh, but it will um, actually do this on reboot as well. You have that option. Oh, nice! And when you uh, when you do that, it will obviously reboot, um, <clears throat> or, what, or when it reboots, or when you shut it off, uh, it will sync automatically the next time you turn on which for me in this case where i'm running that app i've talked about i think twice before pp timer this thing reboots automatically at one o'clock in the morning when it re when it comes back up minute or so later it the first thing it does is run a time sync so that means every day i'm getting a time sync in the intervening oh let's see we're 22 hours or so it's only lost three seconds but at one point, this thing was off by five or six minutes. Right. Well, cool. Uh, Ron, you got an app for uh, everybody? Well, I don't know if this is for everybody yet. I'm still fooling around with this one, uh, and I, I don't know quite what to think. It's um, uh, what's it called here? It's it's a um, you might like it. You like uh, you know scanning codes. This is a barcode <laughs> scanner. That uh, you take with you when you're shopping, uh, scan the barcode on some product, and uh, then it comes up with about three choices you can go to, like Google Shopper, and I forget what the other two are. And based on that barcode, it'll try to find the same product uh, for less nearby. Oh, nice. Uh, 
yeah, I, I, I've got it to work once. <laughs> other, other, it's very, very hard to get that barcode right in position, isn't it? And, and you and need, once I, hmm? yeah, what? you need, you need like direct spotlight. Like the one I tried to scan in the bar in Seattle, it was not happening. You need some decent lighting for that to work. Yeah, and it, it has to be very steady. To my yeah. hand kept shaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I finally had to, you know, just just do all these things to, to make steady. But then it, it did recognize the product, and it did go to, to uh, Google uh, Shopper or something, and it found a, a similar one at uh, uh, another appliance store uh, that was about the same price, as I, as I recall, actually. But uh, it's, a good, it's good in theory. I just haven't uh, mastered the, the art of the scan yet. I need to take right. lessons from the master. And the, the 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 art of the scan is is a very ancient art going back generations. generations. Yes, I understand, Father. That's right. All right. Well, uh, my app was gonna be QR code uh, QR Droid Private, which is a a neat way to generate your own QR codes and uh, encrypt Ooh. data and this and that with it. But since you you kind of did a, a QR type thing anyway, I'll go with something that's just for tablet users. Since I I'm a new tablet user myself uh, with my the Transformer Prime, uh, the the keyboard. Because the keyboard dock is $120. Are you kidding me? Uh, and Whoa. they don't have them yet. <laughs> so I've been, you know, typing on screen. Uh, the one thing that is very annoying is when you're holding it in landscape mode and you're trying to thumb type. I have decent sized hands to where the Galaxy Nexus is no problem. But I, I can't quite make that stretch holding it. So, uh, you guys will know that if you listen to the show, I, I'm a big fan of a keyboard called AI Keyboard Plus. AI Type Keyboard Plus. And that's the one that will actually predict what you're going to type next based on application, based on all sorts of cool stuff. They came out with a tablet version of AI Type Keyboard Plus. Now, this is in beta. Uh, but I've been using it since I got my Transformer Prime, basically. And it is so great. It has a button that you can press that splits your keyboard, just like I think iPads do that. And so you have half of it on one side that your thumb can reach and half of it of your keyboard on the other side where your thumb can reach. And it's just like typing on a Microsoft Ergo keyboard. And I love the Ergo keyboard. I am so fast on the Ergo. It's like having an Ergo for your tablet. So uh, if you can find it, it's AI Keyboard Plus for tablet. I think it's just called AI Keyboard Tablet. Uh, and it's a beta. So check it out, though. Help them help test it out. And uh, you will be rewarded with a great app and it, it supports the uh, cloud-based prediction it supports the encryption of the cloud-based prediction in case you're a paranoid android uh, it, it supports all the great stuff that just regular straight up AI keyboard plus for your phone does but it does that split thing which makes it perfect for the tablets so that is that uh, do you guys have anything else you want to Discuss? Or is that going to do it for us this evening? No, I'm, I'm 
I've reached my height of excitement for the evening. I've got to now go calm down for a All right. Hour. Well, Ron, thank you very much for joining us. It's always a oh, pleasure. Oh, my when... pleasure. I hope I can get on more often. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll have to have you on. Joey, thank you for uh, being with us again as usual. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, remember, our website's coming soon, attackoftheandroids.com. You'll be able to watch these shows live every Thursday evening, attackoftheandroids.com slash live. We have our own Twitter account now, twitter.com slash AOTA radio. Uh, and if you want to know when the shows go live, go to justin.tv slash attackoftheandroids. If you have a Justin TV account, click follow. And what that'll do is send you an email every time the show goes live. So you'll never have to be like, oh, when are they doing this? God, come on. You'll know. It'll be oh, right there in your email. It'll say, hey, Attack of the Androids just started a live show. You better get there because uh, <laughs> you only got an hour. So you guys, if you ever have questions, comments, concerns, email show at attackoftheandroids.com. You can leave us a message at 406-204-4687. And remember, groovypost.com. Check out all uh, all of our great writings and rants and reviews and all that stuff. I know Joey writes up there. Ron, you just started writing over there, and I, I have mm-hmm. a couple things over there, but mostly podcasts. But I'll try and write some more stuff for you guys. So, uh, yeah check out all our cool stuff and we'll see you guys next week goodbye